Hey, welcome to our second session on The Overcomer's Life. And uh, this is, we're being presented for our Wednesdays in the Word, but also as a little mini course for folks that are really interested in this topic. And again, just as a reminder, if you're looking for more information on how to study and you, you have a really call on your life, you want to be trained in the area of, you know, Christian education, in leadership, theology, Christian counseling, uh, you can find more information about us at vision.edu. Uh, for, you know, books, we have booksbyvision.org, and for my personal uh, teaching ministry, drstandycoven.com. Hey, so we began to look a little bit at the principles of the overcoming life taken from Act, or, uh, excuse me, Revelation <clears throat> chapter 1, verse 8, where God is talked about as the Almighty, the one who is, who was, who is to come, uh, the true Almighty One, speaking, of course, about Jesus himself. So Jesus identifies himself in that passage as equal with God, as the Almighty. He also is saying in that that he is the one who is, who was, who is to come. And we mentioned briefly that, you know, from an English viewpoint, that's not set up properly. It shouldn't be that way. It should be the one who was who is to is to come. In fact, there's a fairly popular um, chorus that we sing nowadays that speaks about that in that specific way. He's the one who was, is, is to come, which again is, is good English, but it's not necessarily good Bible or good theology. Good Bible, good theology is he's the one who is. He's the one who is ever present with us. And that's one of the things we, we always want uh, to... To, to really emphasize is the fact that we are in his presence and we are he is present with us at all times. We're in Christ. Christ is in us. We're part of the one new man in the earth. We're part of the new creation. Old is past. All is new. And all of that is because of what Christ has done for us through his death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and enthronement, where today in heaven he rules and reigns over the nations through his church. Now, today we do want to though look at the one who was, because it is an important part of who Jesus is, is who Jesus was. Now we know according to scripture, especially when you look at, at John chapter 1, he is the creator. By through Christ, by the Holy Spirit, under the, I guess, the authority, if you will, of the Father, Jesus is the creator and the sustainer of all things. But, you know, people question that because how could God be in a bod? The incarnation is really one of the great mysteries. But it's really not a mystery for us. We know that God came in the flesh. In fact, I'm, I'm speaking about this now as we are in Advent season, uh, leading up toward Christmas and the remembrance of how Jesus came as a baby and uh, how surprising that was, but how it was good news, good tidings of great joy for all people. Messiah has come. Christ has come in the form of a little baby. Of course, Jesus had to grow, and part of Jesus's past, the was, is he was, uh, he was a child, he, he grew. In fact, it says in Luke chapter 
2, verse 52, it says, Jesus grew in wisdom and knowledge and in favor with God and man. Jesus had to grow physically. We have to grow physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, it's, as it were, in a balanced life. Of course, Jesus, because he did not have an earthly father, there was no iniquity in him. There was no sin in him. Therefore, he lived that sinless life and became the perfect sacrifice for all of us. And so, you know, in, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 13, Jesus actually makes this statement and this question, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And of course, the, they said, some say Elijah, but eventually they said, well, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Pilate asked him, saying, are, are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him and said, it is as you say. John 18, 35 through 37, Pilate answered, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priest delivered you up to me. What have you done? Well, he hadn't really done anything that was deserving of death, but he, he, he I mean, look, Jesus in many ways provoked the government to such an extent that the only option was was to take him out but they didn't know that he was doing that so that all righteousness would be fulfilled now we know that according to scripture god is ever present with us and because of that we can boldly go before his throne but you know that sense of presence really comes because of what christ has done for us Jesus answered Pilate, you know, in his discussion, he says, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting that I might not be delivered up to the Jews. But as it is my kingdom, it is not of this realm. Pilate therefore answered him and said, so are you a king? Jesus answered, you say correctly that I am a king. For this I have been born, and for this I have come into this world, to bear witness of the truth, everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And Pilate said, what is truth? You know, in that, in that discussion, if you will, and really it was what a deep discussion it was, uh, we recognize that what Jesus says here, it really matters. It makes sense. You know, Jesus came primarily preaching that the kingdom of heaven was at hand. The kingdom of God was at hand. Everything that Jesus was about was the inauguration of a new world order. It's not something we're looking forward to in the future. It's something that we live in today. We live in the new world order of the kingdom of God in the earth. Many things Jesus said about himself. Many things the scriptures speak about him. And I'm just going to summarize those for you because they are about, they're all about really who he was but also about who he is. And so Jesus said, I and the Father, I and the, I and the Father are one. Now, he equated himself as equal with the Father. I mean, he, it wasn't just relational. He, he knew him. He knew his beginning. He knew where he had come from. He was pre-existing one. John 10, 30 speaks of that. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, John 14, 9. So who is the Christ? Who is he really? Well, according to Scripture, and we, you know, you'll see this in the book, of course. And again, the book I'm talking about is uh, The Overcomer's Life. It's just a small booklet, but it's really chock full of some good stuff. I think you'll really enjoy it. 
But uh, it talks about how he is creator. You know, he's the creator of all that is. He's the creator of the universe. The Bible says he's the sustainer of the universe. That uh, through Christ, all things that exist are contained. That he is the all-powerful one, the, the word omnipotent. That doesn't mean there isn't other power in the universe. There is, but he is the most powerful. He is the almighty. He's above and beyond everybody. He's, he's the one that's fully engaged in everything that we say, everything we do. God is with us, but he is powerful in all that he does. He's omniscient. That is, he knows all that's knowable. I'm not sure he knows all things, you know, in terms of the, the future, but he certainly knows all things of the past. He knows all possibilities of what you may say or may do in your life. He is omniscient in that sense. He knows all that can be fully known. It's, uh, it's, it's really all about him and that he's omnipresent. He's everywhere at the same time. Now, how? By, of course, Holy Spirit. He's our Savior. He's our Lord, the Anointed One. He's the King. He's our Baptizer in the Holy Spirit. And He's our model for life and for ministry, as discussed in many passage, passages of Scripture. You know, just a couple I want to kind of look at briefly. Because, you know, Jesus was all of those things, but He was one who was, in His earthly ministry especially, He was moved with compassion. You know, I'm reminded so often of, of Jesus's methods of ministry were quite different. I mean, he, you know, he spit in the, made up spit and put in the eyes of a blind person. I mean, uh, one woman came up, had just touched the hem of his garment. And she was instantaneously healed. Uh, you know, Jesus sat down with a woman who had been accused of being an adulteress and brought her peace and forgiveness and cleansing and, you know, so many stories that we can take about Jesus's life and ministry. One I, I, I love the most is probably the story of the leper in Mark chapter one, where, you know, we have this great miracle of, of Peter's mother-in-law being healed. She makes lunch. The people come to see what's going on. And I mean, healings and deliverances, demons are crying out. God is moving powerfully. Of course, the attitude of the disciples was, listen, this is the greatest thing's ever come to town. Let's do it again tomorrow. But Jesus says, no, I've, I've got to be about my father's business. You know, part of the, the past of what led up to the death, burial, resurrection, ascension, and enthronement of Christ, of course, the past is because of who Jesus is and what he came to be and all that he came to do was to announce that the kingdom of God is here and that salvation has come to the earth. For all of us, those that believe, God has provided through Christ all that we need to live a life of godliness in him. And so, you know, I mean, here is a man, uh, you know, by model, by example, a, a leper chases after Jesus, touches Jesus, lays hands on him. He tells him, absolutely, I will heal you. He asks the man, never tell anybody, please. And he, of course, the man can't help it. He tells everybody he knows to such an extent that Jesus couldn't show up in populated areas. And people came to him from everywhere. And yet it wasn't about his popularity. He didn't care about that. He tried to avoid it because he recognized the more popular he became, 
the closer he would come to the end. And I don't think he was afraid, as it were, of losing his life, or even in the torturous way that he would by the Romans. But he, there was a certain timing. There was a sufficient amount of raising up the next generation of disciples that had to happen. In other words, Jesus' focus of life as the ultimate overcomer was to raise up the next generation not to be so focused on himself and his own ministry, but to be focused fully and completely, really, on the mission for which he had been sent. So who is Jesus? I mean, he is, he is the author. He's the finisher of our faith. Who is Jesus? He's the savior of the world. Who is Jesus? He's the creator and sustainer of all things. Who is Jesus? Well, he's the one who is and who was but he's also the one who is to come. And we'll look at that very briefly in our next session.